0: You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. The amended Electoral Act therefore retains the two-tier system while providing an opportunity for independent candidates to contest elections for the national assembly as required by new nation 2 whereas previously one ballot determined the allocation of original and compensatory seats in the national assembly voters now receive two will now receive two ballots one to vote for original seat and one for a compensatory seat the 200 seats in the national assembly are located to nine regions which coincide with the provincial boundaries. The Electoral Commission determines the number of seats allocated to each region based on the number of registered voters in each region. A voter will receive a ballot paper specific to their region, which contains both independent candidates and political parties. That will be the original ballot. A voter can vote for either a political party or an independent candidate on the regional ballot. All votes cast in a region region will first be used to determine a provisional allocation of that region's regional seats to both independent candidates and political parties. If an independent candidate meets the relevant quota for one seat, they will be elected to the National Assembly. Even if an independent candidate gets sufficient votes to be provisionally awarded two or more seats, the candidate is only limited to one seat. This is because unlike a political party which has many candidates and may get many seats, that is not possible for an independent candidate as they are contesting the elections in their individual capacities and are not affiliated to any party. Similarly, if an independent candidate contests for more than one region and wins seats in more than one region, they forfeit the additional seats in the other regions. The minister submits that that is the inevitable consequence of the choice made by a citizen to contest elections as an individual instead of doing so through a political party. Then there are the 200 compensatory seats. The voter in a region gets a second ballot paper listing only the contesting political parties. The compensatory ballot does not elect compensatory representatives directly. This quota takes into account All 406 seats in the National Assembly, minus the seats allocated to independent candidates, and is based on the total number of votes cast for the political parties in both the regional and compensatory ballots. The stated purpose of the compensatory seats is to correct the disproportionality in representation in the results of the election. Therefore, the new position after the passing of the Electoral Amendment Act is that 200 regional seats are filled by independent candidates and candidates from political parties, and the 200 compensatory seats are filled by candidates from the list of political parties only. Independent candidates are thus excluded from contesting for the compensatory seats. In its submissions to this court, the applicant did not object to the principle that independent candidates can only compete for regional seats whereas political parties can compete for both regional and compensatory seats. The applicant takes issue with the fact that independent candidates can only compete for 200 regional seats and argues that independent candidate will, as a result, be required to earn more votes in order to secure a single seat in the National Assembly compared to political parties. The contention that candidates for regional seats will have to earn more votes than candidates for compensation seats is based on an analysis by Mr. Michael Atkins in his report, whose expertise lies in the fields of mathematics and computer science. Briefly, Mr. Atkins' thesis is that, based on data from the 2014 and 2019 elections, independent candidates will require more votes than political parties to win a seat in the upcoming national elections. The applicant therefore seeks an order in terms of which the compensatory seats would be reduced from 200 to 50. As a result, those competing in the regional tier will contest for 350 seats instead of 200 seats. This will result in a 350-50 split as opposed to the 200-200 split contemplated in the Electoral Amendment Act. In a unanimous judgment, in a unanimous judgment penned by myself with Zondo CJ, Maya DCJ, Olapen J, Matopo J, Rogers J, Scapast AJ, Theron J, and Fansei A. J concurring, this court held that the circumstances of this case are exceptional and that the application raises legal issues of fundamental importance relating to the fairness of the 2024 elections and that the time is of essence since the 2024 elections are imminent. Therefore, direct access must be granted. Regarding the merits of the application, it is tried that in order to pass constitutional master, the exercise of public power by the executive and other public functionaries must at the very least comply with a threshold of rationality. As long as the purpose sought is within the authority of the functionary, as, as long as the functionary's decision is rationally connected to that purpose, a court cannot interfere with the decision simply because it disagrees with it. The applicant admits that the 220 split is irrational and inconsistent with the rule of law, and therefore contravenes section 1C of the Constitution. It also argues that the irrationality stems from the quota for regional seats being much lower than the quota for compensatory seats. The respondents submit that the Electoral Amendment Act is rational in that the two different methods used by the Electoral Amendment Act to fill regional and compensatory seats legitimately differentiate between independent candidates and political parties for the express purpose of achieving proportional representation. And avoiding the risk of overhang. The rationality of the 200 200 split, split I beg your pardon, therefore hinges on whether A, it results in proportional representation in general, and B, avoids the risk of overhang. Section 46 of the Constitution requires Parliament to design an electoral system that results in general in proportional representation. There are 400 seats available for contestation in the National Assembly, which, in terms of the impugned schedule, are divided in half 200 original seats and 200 compensatory seats. The stated purpose of the 200 compensatory seats, according to Parliament, is to correct this disproportionality in representation in the results of the election. Parliament contends that proportional representation systems are, in general, subject to distortions with the introduction of independent candidates. This is so because, irrespective of how many votes an independent candidate receives, they are restricted to a maximum of one seat. According to Parliament and the Minister, the only way to, conclude in, to include independent candidates in a two-tier system while retaining proportional representation is to allow them to retain the seats they win and obtain proportionality by allocating the remaining seats to the parties that gain representation. The applicant accepts that the 200-200 split results in general in proportional representation. This is also accepted in the Actions Report filed in support of the applicant's case. The respondents accept that a 350-50 split as proposed would also achieve proportionality in general. The applicant also acknowledges that reserving compensatory seats for political parties is necessary to achieve proportionality because the formulas for regional seats have the potential to distort proportionality. And this potential has increased because independent candidates can now contest for regional seats but can only hold one seat. Properly construed, the dispute between the parties is therefore not whether it is irrational for Parliament to distinguish between regional and compensatory seats in the National Assembly. Rather, the dispute concerns the number of compensatory seats that ought to be reserved for political parties, with the applicant proposing a 350-50 split on the basis that the 200-200 split debases the value of votes for regional seats. Even if the 350 split proposed by the applicant might arguably be fairer and achieve proportionality, sections 46.1 and 105.1 of the Constitution expressly leaves the choice of electoral system in Parliament's hands. Wide latitude is given to Parliament to consider the manner in which to conduct the electoral system At least on the requirement of achieving proportionality, the 200-200 split chosen by parliament passes constitutional master. The second stated objective of the 200-200 split by parliament is that it avoids the risk of overhang. The Electoral Commission explains that overhang is when more seats are required to be allocated to restore proportionality. As between represented parties after the allocation of regional or constituency votes than are available in the legislature. The co- applicant contends that the 350 50 split will bring the quota for a regional seat closer to the quota for a compensatory seat without posing a significant risk of overhang or disturbing the proportional representation of political parties. To verify this proposition, the applicant relies on on the Atkins report. Mr. Atkins ran a Monte Carlo simulation of elections in terms of the Electoral Amendment Act based on the 2014 and 2019 election results. According to the Atkins report, the 350-50 split gives rise to a foreseeable risk of overhang of up to 15% per election based on the 2040 election data, limited to one seat. The the applicant argues that, while foreseeable, the risk under the 350-50 split is remote and limited to one seat. On the 200-200 split, however, there is virtually no risk of overhang, with the only recorded risk found in the Atkins report being at 0.03% at six percent support for independent candidates in respect of one seat based on the 2014 election data considering the above on the 200-200 split there is virtually no risk of overhang as a result parliament's second stated objective objective of the 200-200 split to avoid the risk of overhang is achieved the electoral commission Explain that there is no mechanism under the current Electoral Act to correct the problem should overhang occur. Okay. The applicant has also not presented any viable com- uh, solution to combat the risk of overhang or remedy should it occur. Okay. Furthermore, overhang poses the risk that the Electoral Commission would not be able to declare the election should the risk materialise. Even if the risk is as remote as proffered by the applicant, the consequences are severe as explained by the electoral commission. Consequently, the foreseeability of overhang under the 350-50 split as proposed by the applicant is potentially destructive to the applicant's case. During the hearing, the applicant submitted that the method, method you utilized at the municipal level to prevent overhang offers a potential solution to the risk of overhang in the 350 50 split. This submission was made for the first time during the hearing. It is well established that parties in motion proceedings should make out their case in their founding or answering affidavits and not in their heads of argument or in the course of the hearing. The exception to this position was articulated by this court in my vote counts, NPC versus Speaker of the National Assembly, where Campepe J held, a point that has not been raised in the affidavits may only be argued or determined by a court if it is illegal in nature, foreshadowed in the predate case, and does not cause prejudice to the other party. In the present case, this exception does not apply. The proposed solution to the risk of overhang, which the applicant proffered in the hearing, is not legal in nature, nor was it foreshadowed in the applicant's pleaded case. While no weight is attached to the applicant's proposed solution to the risk of overhang, it must be stressed that although the 200-200 split is rational in that it avoids the risk of overhang and ensures proportional representation This should not be interpreted as an indication that overhang will always be an insurmountable challenge. The risk of overhang arises because, like the Electoral Act, the Electoral Amendment Act prescribes that the full 400 seats of the National Assembly must be available for contestation. This is the maximum number of seats that the Constitution prescribes. Should the number of seats available for contestation in Parliament be reduced to a number above 350 but below 400, it may be possible to allocate overhang seats and increase the number of seats in the National Assembly by the number of overhang seats up to 400 until the next election. This is how the New Zealand Parliament addresses the risk of overhang. Secondly, Unlike the Local Government Municipal Structures Act, the Electoral Amendment Act does not provide a formula to address overhang should it arise. I recognise that the absence of a formula to address overhang in the Electoral Amendment Act in the, may well be as a result of the fact that there is no risk of overhang on the 200-200 split. I refer to the Municipal Structures Act to illustrate that the risk of overhang is not a novel concept in South Africa, and that the legislature has, in the context of local government elections, provided a mechanism to deal with it should it arise. In the result, on the facts and submissions, the 200 split passes the rationality test as it achieves proportional representation and avoids the risk of overhang. We therefore we thereafter consider the issue whether the electoral scheme has inf- has infringed any fundamental rights in the Constitution. The applicant contends that the 200-200 split is unconstitutional as it violates sections 1C, 32A, 91, 192, 193, and 461D of the Constitution. In view of the conclusion that the split is rational and achieves proportional representation in general, the applicants challenge that the provisions of sections 1C and 461D are infringed falls to be dismissed. The applicant further argues that the 200-200 split violates section 32A of the Constitution in that a vote for an independent candidate carries less weight than a vote for a political party. In reaching this conclusion, the Atkins report rests on the, on the assumption that voters who vote for a political party in the original ballot will vote for the same party in the compensatory ballot. The applicant also submits that the split violates section 9 of the Constitution in that it arbitrarily differentiates between independent candidates and political parties in new national party versus government of the republic of south africa the applicant in that case argued that the requirement of a barcoded identity document excluded eligible voters who did not have a barcoded identity documents and that this breached section 91 and 92 of the constitution in considering this argument yakub j said the following it is clear from what has been said in this judgment that although the documentary requirements in issue may be said to differentiate between different categories of people there is a rational connection between the measure and the legitimate governmental purpose of facilitating the effective exercise of the important right to vote no discrimination or unfairness has been established in democratic party versus the minister of home affairs This court had a similar application as in new national party. Goldstone J, for the majority, held that in the absence of evidence showing that the impugned provisions have had the effect of infringing on the right to equality as suggested by the Democratic Party. It cannot be found that the provisions on that account were unconstitutional. This court therefore rejected the Section 9 Equality Challenge in Democratic Party and in New National Party on the basis that, A, there was a rational connection between the measure adopted by Parliament and the legitimate governmental purpose, and B, the applicant failed to provide evidence to support the alleged inequity. In in United Democratic Movement versus President of the Republic of South Africa, this court held that the fact that a particular system operates to the disadvantage of particular parties does not mean that it is unconstitutional. Similarly, in Democratic Party, this court held that it must be accepted that there are very few laws of general application that will not directly or indirectly have the potential to affect different categories of people in different ways. From this court's judgments, it is therefore clear that A law law that affects different categories of people differently does not prove a violation of the right to equality as provided in Section 9 of the Constitution. The person alleging the violation should provide evidence to support the alleged violation. The proposition that a vote for an independent candidate carries less weight when compared to a vote for a political party is without merit. Independent candidates and political parties compete for the same quota in regional elections and votes carry the same weight. There is no differentiation in respect of regional seats. The applicant's argument that the electoral act as amended devalues a vote for an independent candidate is based on the assumption that A voter that votes for a political party will vote for the same party on both the regional and compensation ballot, which in turn means that independent candidates need double the votes needed by political parties to gain a seat in the National Assembly. By parity of reasoning, vote splitting beyond a diminished trivial level by voters who vote for political parties would be fatal to the applicants' rights violation challenge. While the 2024 national elections will be the first elections South Africans will get to vote using two ballots for the National Assembly, it is not inconceivable that voters may choose to split their original and compensatory votes. There is in fact evidence of vote splitting by South African voters in the last provincial and national elections. When one considers the 2019 provincial and national elections in South Africa, there were no cases where the party-specific vote totals for the national and provincial votes corresponded exactly. Further, the Electoral Commission explains that in municipal elections, Where independent candidates stand for political election as what candidates, most voters that support independent candidates also choose to support a political party on the second ballot. Notwithstanding the aforesaid, I do not think that an electoral law could ever be properly formulated on the basis of an assumption as to how people will vote, as applicant suggests. An electoral law must always assume a complete freedom for the electorate to vote as they please, including splitting their vote where an opportunity to do so exists. In conclusion, the applicant has not been able to prove that A, the split is arbitrary, and B, a vote for an independent candidate carries less weight. Bearing in mind that the mere difference in effect of the split is not in and of itself evidence of unequal treatment in the manner protected against in the, in the Constitution. Therefore, the applicant has failed to discharge the owners of proving the model articulated by Parliament infringes on the equal protection provisions provided for in Sections 3.2a and 91 of the Constitution, as alleged. For these reasons, the Section 3 to a challenge also fails. The next issue relates to the argument that the 200 200 split violates sections 19.2 and 93 of the Constitution in that it undermines the fairness of the outcome of the elections and that the split violates the right to vote and to stand for public office. The applicant submits that the 200 200 split infringes on the right to. Conc- to equal benefit of the law and the right to stand for public office as votes for independent candidates, way less than votes for political parties, and makes it more difficult for an independent candidate to be elected. In ex parte Minister of Safety and Security, in Re S. versus Walters, this court set the test for examining whether an enactment violates a right in the Bill of Rights and held that this entails examining, A, the content and scope of the relevant protected right, and B, the meaning and effect of the impugned enactment to see whether there is any limitation of A by B. In the present case, the content and scope of the relevant protected right refers to the political rights Protected under section 19.2 and 19.3 of the Constitution. This court's jurisprudence shows the importance of political rights in light of our history of political exclusion, and the right to vote and the right to free and fair elections are closely linked. While the right to vote gives content to the right to free and fair elections, the right to free and fair elections has implications for how the right to vote must be exercised. This court in Electoral Commission distilled elements fundamental to free and fair elections as protected under Section 92 of the Constitution. These elements include A, persons entitled to vote should be registered to do so, and B, the protection of the right to participate in elections as a candidate and to seek public office. In my view, the elements distilled by this court in Ham are met under the 200-200 split. The Electoral Amendment Act entitles every adult citizen to a vote, and they can, in keeping with this court's ruling, a new nation to vote for either a political party or an independent candidate. The Electoral Amendment Act also allows citizens to stand for political office and hold office if elected. The contention that a vote for a political party counts double to that of an independent candidate, which as applicant I choose leads to a limitation of Section 19 rights is, as I have already demonstrated, without merit. This argument is based on the assumption that voters will not split their vote. An assumption, which I have already shown, be unsustainable. The applicant was required to show that the measures adopted by Parliament constitute a limitation of the political rights alleged. For the reason stated, the applicant has failed to discharge these owners and as such the 200-200 split passes the second leg of the Walters test. It follows that the Section 19 challenge must also fail. Due to this conclusion, it is not necessary to conduct the justification analysis under Section 36 of the Constitution, as I have concluded that the impugned schedule does not violate any of the fundamental rights alleged by the applicant. To sum up, the applicant has not established that the impugned legislation is irrational, nor that it infringes a provision in the Bill of Rights. Therefore, it has not made out a case to justify the declaration of constitutional <coughs> invalidity. It follows that the application must be dismissed. Following the principle set by this Court in Biowatch Trust versus Registrar Genetic Resources, <coughs> each party must pay their own costs. In the result, the following order is made. one. Direct access is granted. Two, the application is dismissed. Three, there is no order to cost. I hand down the judgment. Right, so there we have Justice Nongkosi Malhanta just uh, giving us... The uh, final words in a judgment that effectively dismisses the application by the Independent Candidates Association of South Africa. Uh, they, of course, brought the motion forward to uh, get into the Constitutional Court along with uh, Bold One South Africa. And uh, ultimately, nothing now stands in the way of the Electoral Amendment Act being uh, applied as it stands as far as independent candidates are concerned.